Hello and closer to episode 128 of Alternative Wales, the podcast. Hope everyone is fit and well and feeling better than I do today. Uh, the common cold seems to have me in its grasp once again. But content waits for no man. So here we are with another podcast for your listening pleasure. Uh, and I'm joined by a man who knows a thing or two about pleasure as uh, Wrexham continue their march <laughs> to promotion. Uh, Tommy Cows, how are you? As I've explained, here's a man who knows something about pleasure. It's Ron Jeremy. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, that was lovely, uh, lovely introduction there, right? Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same, actually. I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. Voice is a little bit croaky. I've uh, been feeling a little bit under the weather. But um, but yeah, after after a weekend, uh, firstly, doing a lot of filming in Caravan and a few uh, few pints in the um, in the Morgan Lloyd there. And then off to Wrexham. So, yeah, it's probably uh, that's probably played its part as well, burning the candle at both ends. Of course. Um, it wouldn't be a Monday without one of you burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. Uh, we've also got our resident AFCON expert in the building, uh, <laughs> Rodri Davis. Uh, how are you, Rod? How have today's game has been? <laughs> uh, who are you back on... in to take home the title? I've got a guinea in the uh, two-man sweepstake I've got with my brother, so uh, they're on telly at the moment, so if I'm a bit distracted, it's because of them. Come on, the guinea boys. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got, uh, like, 12 teams each, or are you just doing one no, team each? For some, well, I wanted to do 12 teams with my brother. I just seemed to lose interest after drawing the first two. Right. So, yeah, yeah. There we are. So he's, he's got Tanzania. Yeah. I've got Guinea, both like 100 to 1 shots to win the tournament. So interest might wane when the group stages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to tuning into some games over the next few days. I haven't been able to yet. Uh, anyway, Welsh football. Uh, this is your weekly reminder to buy a copy of Alternative Wales. It is the best way to support the podcast. Uh, you should know that by now. We'll also be announcing uh, subscriptions uh, for 2024 over the next few days. So keep your eye out for that. Before we get into the weekend's action, uh, some big news broke at the end of last week. Gemma Granger was announced as Norway manager, therefore leaving her role as Wales manager. Uh, good timing from our perspective, because we'd already uh, arranged to speak to Megan about the year ahead for uh, women's football in Wales, uh, from the international sides to the domestic club game. Uh, so I caught up with her earlier uh, to chat about the year ahead. I am joined by uh, Megan Ferringer uh, to talk uh, the year ahead for the Welsh women's team. Megan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yes, not too bad. All good. Um, I was just saying to you before, uh, it's lucky we didn't do this chat any sooner. Otherwise, otherwise it would have aged like uh, milk on a hot day. Um, yeah. We'll sort of start with the news that broke towards the end of last week. Gemma Granger leaving her post as Wales manager to go and manage Norway. Um, first of all, came as a bit of a shock, really, didn't it? Even though there were sort of murmurings that, you know, should she be sacked after the Nations League campaign? Yeah, I think most people were thinking, oh, will Wales depart from her rather than it being the reverse? And I think yeah. that's why it probably came as, as a shock. And, and also, uh, Wales invested a lot of time with Gemma. You know, the Nations League was meant to kind of be the precursor to the Euros. So, after the Nations League finished, it was like, great. It wasn't as we expected. Maybe it wasn't as successful as a lot of people anticipated, but at least the foundations are there and we'll go into the Euros. And following that draw with Germany, 
Gemma kind of insinuated that she talked a lot about how this is sort of the the first step in qualifying and whatever. And then, you know, a random day in January and it's like, oh, by the way, she's going to go and take over Norway, which just for people who maybe aren't really aware of Norway on the international stage, I know the men's team might not be able to qualify for a World Cup, but like the Norwegian women's team is historically massive. But the last couple of years, they've really faltered. Um, they lost 6-0 to England in the Euros back in 2022. Um, this World Cup was really disappointing from them. They lost to New Zealand on the opening day. So like this is effectively a giant that needs a bit of help. And now Gemma is being tasked with that. So it's not as big as, say, like Emma Hayes going to the USA, but it is kind of of that ilk, which, I mean, it's annoying that that a, a manager will leave any team, but when put into that context, this is a huge opportunity for her. It's just really disappointing because it does put Wales in like a really sticky little pickle. Yeah, I guess you know there was no um, plan for this. That, that this sort of would have taken the FAW by surprise. Take, I think it's taken everyone by surprise. Um, but you know, we'll talk about who comes next. But in terms of Granger's tenure as manager of, of of our women's team. What do you think her lasting legacy is? Legacies are so weird because I do think legacies sometimes get painted with a brush that is inevitably like biased by recency, if that makes sense. So it's super easy to think of Gemma's tenure as maybe not being as successful as a lot of people thought that, you know, we think of the last campaign and, you know, the, the positive was drawing with Germany, which feels very kind of underwhelming. Um, but when you think about where Wales were before Gemma came in, this was a team that effectively sat deep, parked the bus. I mean, didn't just park the bus, like they parked a cavalry and they just let teams go at them. Mm. And it was kind of like, well, maybe one day we'll just be so defensive that we'll qualify. And that was it. And Jane Ludlow did so, so well to put those defensive foundations in because as the Nations League campaign showed, you have to be defensively sound in order to do anything on the national stage. But Wales showed absolutely no courage or pluck or anything in terms of attack. And there wasn't a lot of cohesion. Before Gemma came in, Jess Fishlock, Angharad James, and Sophie Ingle did not play in a triangle in midfield. That wasn't a thing. Sophie Ingle's back in center and back in, in the back line. Like a lot of people kind of forget that. So the the evolution under Gemma was big. I do think that, and Gemma actually said this in one of her press conferences, that that World Cup campaign, Wales sort of overperformed and they outperformed themselves. And thus they set really, really high expectations in the Nations League was one of those, I think, grounding moments. Now, I'm not going to defend Gemma for some of the thing, decisions that she made. I think against Switzerland in the playoffs, you could tell that Wales almost regressed after they went a goal up, which was really disappointing. And it felt like everything that had been leading up to that game was just ditched. And it was real. I could, I, you can tell from how the players responded afterwards that they felt similarly. And then you go to the Nations League and you think, okay, let's learn some from these mistakes. And yet, you know, youngsters aren't getting minutes and the the lack of substitutions was baffling, if not just criminal at times. So I think she learned a lot in terms of like being a manager and making big decisions. And I think Wales learned a lot. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think that anyone can look at her legacy and say that she failed because in all honesty, I think she did bring a lot of really good things to the Welsh squad. Yeah, definitely. But I think there is a case uh, where it doesn't. There doesn't seem to be much 
outrage of losing Gemma at this stage. No, and no I one think seems to be protective, uh, you know, protective over her saying, "Oh my God, what, what's going to happen next?" I think that is a, a bit of an indictment on probably it's the recency bias of of the Nations League uh, and the criticisms that are leveled against her, such as the substitutes and such as the you know giving chances to youngsters, and it does feel like you know this could be a blessing in disguise. But yeah. I think it'll only be a blessing in disguise six to twelve months down the line when we know who takes over and and how and how they build the team and look at the team and do what they do with the team. So yeah. in terms of who is next, there's a few yeah. names being banded about. Nothing's really become clearer. The FAW will do a full recruitment process. I'm sure. The I saw the job advert the other day. Unfortunately, despite me needing a job, I don't qualify. Um, <laughs> for it uh alas um there, i'm sure there'll be plenty of other people uh who will suit the job so it's quite an attractive prospect isn't it megan for an up-and-coming coach or someone who maybe has been there and done it before and wants a new challenge yeah i, I think entirely i mean just fishlock said it with the bbc if you're a manager and you are given the prospect of making history with a team that has never made it to a major tournament before and has the likes of Jess Fishlock and Sophie Ingle among its ranks. I mean, that that is so tantalizing for a, a number of managers. And she even told the BBC that loads of people had actually messaged her, um, despite the fact she doesn't have anything uh, like to do with the recruitment process. Now, I don't fully believe that. I think Jess will be consulted in some way, shape or form. I also think she should be consulted in some way, shape or form. Yeah, and the rest of the senior players as well. Yeah, I think 100%. I mean, Jess is out on the ground in the NWSL. She knows a lot of those managers over there. And I, you know, maybe this is is me leaning more into kind of being a fan than being a journalist, but I'd love to see an NWSL coach come over and come and do this because I think that a lot of them have a lot of savvy when it comes to the women's game. And when it comes to recruiting this manager, there are a lot of attributes that the FAW need to look for. I think a manager who understands how to fold in youth into the team but also do that in real time and not need an extra campaign to do it because when you think about it like Wales need to bring someone in before April and you need to start building that squad then and that means making sure that Elise Hughes doesn't sit on the bench until the 85th minute or utilizing Fionn Morgan and those kinds of players so you need a coach who's going to do that but you also need a coach who knows the differences between women's international football and men's international football and I do think that there is a difference and so like that's super important is having someone just with an experience in terms of a squad like the Welsh squad you've got loads of talent in there but you've also got a lot of talent that maybe isn't going to be as like high caliber as somewhere like Norway and England and you've got to make that team bigger than the sum of its parts and so I mean whichever coach comes in it's going to be a huge task I know some of the names, I know like Amy Merricks was thrown around a little bit. And then you've got someone, I know a lot of fans maybe don't want this, but like Gareth Taylor at Manchester City, if for whatever reason he can't deliver silverware for Manchester City, he could be out of a job at the end mm. of the season, which means, you know, the FAW, if they're looking for maybe a bigger name, that's a name that they could do. Um, Rian Wilkinson is another one out in the NWSL that some people have said. And Chris Gunser is also a name that's been thrown around. And I guess if Wales want to recruit from inside, that's somewhere that they could do. Um, 
So yeah, Bristol City, Lauren Smith doesn't look like she's going to go. It doesn't look like she's up for the timing. I kind of understand that she's always wanted to sort of be in the WSL. And I think even if Bristol City get relegated, she'll either stay with the club or she'll get snatched up by a different club because she is one of those up and coming managers that is genuinely so exciting. But Bristol City within their ranks have a lot of Welsh managerial talents. Like James Thomas is the academy manager over there. And he's had history working with the Welsh women's squad. He was underneath Jane Ludlow. He was actually the the head coach for Trinidad and Tobago um, during COVID, which is a, a kind of a convoluted story. I eventually ended up leaving and going back to Bristol. But still, there's a lot of coaches that I think are gonna they're gonna apply, and we're gonna have a lot of names that we don't even know of. Same with how Gemma got the job; no one really knew of her, and yeah. you know, she could she did what she did. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Uh, I heard Rob Phillips mention uh, Chris Gunter when I was listening to Call Rob the other night, um, which I thought was a bit of a interesting shout. Don't know if he'd be interested in it, but obviously. The FBW, you know, the, the coaching uh, education system that's in place there, uh, the, the the Welsh way and all that sort of thing. Do, do you think an appointment from inside would work? Obviously, Matty Jones was mentioned, who's previously worked with the women's team, also now currently under 21 manager. And then you've got the likes of Lauren Smith, who've, who've also been involved, and James Thomas. Is that something you'd like to see from a personal perspective? Or do you think you go outside, get a bigger name coach that's done a bit more on their CV. I'm, I'm torn with it personally. Cause like you say, having someone who is ingratiated or like ingrained with the system knows how everything works. Maybe is familiar with the players that helps because that makes the timing in terms of getting used to things a lot shorter. And there, it doesn't need to be that betting in period, if you will. Whereas a new manager who isn't familiar with the system will probably need like maybe a month or two to get used to everything. But at the same time, bringing someone in with brand new ideas who maybe isn't sort of accustomed to things going the right way, sometimes that is good. And that is a good way of trying to to push Wales over that line because they haven't managed to get pushed over that line. So I, I'm torn on it. I know that's kind of like a cop out. It's like, I don't know, 50-50, like throw up a, a coin or whatever. But I really don't know which one I'd prefer because it just ultimately comes down to the candidate. And it, it also comes down to to finances and payment. I know that the FAW got you know a good amount of money from Gemma leaving, but that's also because Gemma was getting a far larger sum of money from Norway. And I mean, like nearly double. Mm. So the financial state that the FAW is in is also going to play a major factor in whoever that they manage to recruit. Yeah, uh, absolutely. As is always the case, it, it does tend to come down to cold, hard cash. Um, in terms of the actual football to be played this year, then it's a it's a big year. So, that, you know, not only um, does the appointment need to be right, they need to hit the ground running because um, European qualifying kicks off um, at the, in the first week of April. So, you know, yeah. the turnaround is short. They need to, uh, you know, need to uh, identify the candidate now and bring them in you know, in the next probably four to six weeks at a, at a maximum. Um, so we were talking before, how how the hell do you try and explain these European qualifiers? So this is how we try and explain them. Um, so from what I gather, uh, there's it's a Nations League system. So it's based on how the Nations League went last year. Obviously, we were relegated from League A, which puts us as uh, top seeds in League B. Mm-hmm. So it will be a four-team group. Uh, winning the group for us won't be enough to qualify us automatically. We'll have to go into a playoff system. That's where it gets confusing. I can't explain the playoff system at the moment. Megan, can you explain the playoff system at the moment? Um, 
not in actual words. Uh, um, there's a there's a really good video on the on UEFA's website that explains it really really well. But effectively, like Wales, Wales need to be like you said, just out of the gates immediately. That that's 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 the truth of it. Um, there's not a lot of wiggle room. The margins are super super small, which means you know something like last year for the World Cup, in which Wales managed to get a playoff, and then they kind of went through the rigmarole of going through that. And then even if they'd beaten Switzerland in that playoff final, they still would have had to do a series of playoffs in the spring in order to qualify for the Summer World Cup. And the margins are similar to that in terms of there are a lot of steps in order to qualify. And so yeah, the, the easiest way of putting it is you've got to win your games. That's it. Like that, that's how it works, which means obviously getting a coach in as soon as possible and finding a cohesive system is paramount. Yeah. So there's, there'll be six games at least uh, in the group stages, which take place uh, in April, May, uh, the uh, May, end of May, start of June and July. So, um, you know, six massive games off the bat and then, you know, all being well, the playoffs will be in October, November then. Um, in terms of uh, expectations, obviously, I think we all, everyone's earmarked this as a as a must qualify. It's the sort of the next natural step. Whether that sort of takes a bit of a hit, depending on uh, who comes in charge, who goes in charge, and sort of restarting the the cycle, so to speak. But in terms of players, obviously, um, you know, one of the criticisms leveled at, at Gemma was the lack of bringing in people like Elise Hughes, people like uh, Carrie Jones, and using them. Uh, as much as maybe they should have uh, and relying on some of the older heads. Are we going to see a turnover in squad um, in terms of some of the older people stepping back at this point uh, and maybe allowing for some younger players? And is there any younger players that we should be keeping an eye on who could have big years ahead? I'm not sure any of the older players will step back just because, again, as tantalising as it is to reach a first ever World Cup with Wales as a manager, it's even greater for a player. So I think a lot of the older players that we've seen in the squad are going to remain in the squad. I know Kaylee Green gets a lot of stick and I think I was maybe a little bit of like a critic of hers in the last year, but Kaylee Green is actually leading the championship or one of the leading um, goal scorers in the championship with, with Charlton at the moment. Elise Hughes is obviously leading it with Crystal Palace, which is one of the reasons where I think that she should probably get a starting role but having someone like Kaylee Green is important she actually impacted a lot of the games that she came in um over the Nations League do I think that she should be having a starting position every game no but I think having her on the bench is as someone with experience in terms of like scoring goals and stuff is important um obviously Sophie Ingle is going to stay so is Jess Mm. but I I genuinely think some of the young girls like I don't. I feel more. Not, I wouldn't even consider a youngster. No, anymore. she's been around the squad a long time. Been given a chance. Yeah, mm. Elise Hughes needs to be given that chance. And against Germany and in the other Nations League, where she was given very paltry minutes, she did prove that that's it. So, I wouldn't say that maybe they're going to have big years. I just say maybe for Wales they're going to have big years because yeah. they're already having good seasons and they're showing what they're capable of. And I know it's tough for a lot of people to maybe keep up with the, like what's happening with the Welsh women's players over in the WSL and the, the women's championship. But if you just go look at a few of their games and how many minutes they're getting, they are getting those minutes. And it is quite exciting. And especially Bristol City, if anyone wants to go and watch Bristol City in the WSL, you know, it's it's, it's a slog of a relegation battle at the moment <laughs> for them. But there's a lot of Welsh talent in that squad. Mm. And a lot of them are trying to prove themselves. So, yeah, if you, uh, if you happen to be passing Ashton Gate, hop in for a game. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
so I think that sort of rounds up the year ahead for uh, Wales women. Uh, Megan, if you have to make a prediction right now, will we be here this time next year talking about a European Championship on the horizon? Oh, you got to <laughs> manifest it, don't you? Um, yeah, yeah I, I say we will. And that is me being... That's that's me tapping into my American positivity. I think that's yeah. I I'm very nervous for them, but I don't know. You know, Wales men managed to do it for the World Cup, sort of on the brink of of Ramsey and and Allen and Bale, and you hope that the the women can do similar in harnessing whatever magic is needed. Yes, it's a romantic idea, but that's what football's all about at the end of the day, isn't it? And uh, yeah, um, on to domestic matters and club matters, um. The uh, the Adran Premier, um, we should mention before we start, obviously, the situation at Cardiff City at the moment. Um, a few players have spoken out about the culture. It's something that we'll probably leave for now. I think it's the the uh, details are all very hazy, uh, but it is concerning. Uh, and uh, I think, yeah, w- once everything, the dust settles and all the information comes out and it's available, um, I'm not in the, not in the uh, business of, uh, you know, talking in uh, ifs and buts but uh, it is very concerning so I think we should mention that before we talk about the actual football um, so the Adron Premier Megan Cardiff City are leading the way uh, six points clear of Swansea in second Wrexham having a great first season uh, they're in third with a game in hand over Swansea in second uh, TNS also uh, in the top four I think there's still a few games left before the league splits I think made about four or five games depending on where you're at uh, with, with with your current games played. How how how's the season gone so far? Um, you know, is it going to be as simple as Cardiff City romping to another title? Frustratingly, I do think so. I think it was it it did feel like a closed shop once once Cardiff really showed themselves against Swansea and Wrexham. Um, now there's still a second half of of the season really to play, so things could change. But I mean. Yeah, on the pitch, Cardiff have really shown their caliber. That is a high-quality squad. They they know how to play some really scintillating stuff. So they're, they're flexing their muscle, and that, that's just the way that it is. But, you know, Swansea have, have shown a lot too. I mean, last season was was a kind of a real sucker punch for them. Like, it was a bit of, like, a grounding, humbling, I guess, if you will. And they still are showing what has made them, you know, six-time champions. So I think there's a lot there that maybe Swansea could – try to to harness a little bit more of in the second half of the season and you know fair play to Wrexham there was a lot of talk about like oh top four like let's just try to make it there or whatever and I think a lot of people kept thinking well you know you're you're backed by all these people you're backed by all this finance of course you're going to do really well but that's really tough to come into the top flight and do what they're doing so they they've shown a lot they've shown a lot of grit they've shown a lot of determination I think having a little bit more of um maybe it's like showing a little bit more in front of the final third and a little more fluidity there is going to be key in the second half of the season, but your, your Wrexham have shown a lot. So that that's impressive for them. And I think it's disappointing maybe when you look at like how much, Car- like if you want to see how much Cardiff could potentially just romp the league, all you have to do is look at them defeating TNS six nil over the weekend like that and TNS is is the is the other top four candidate so that is the gap that's opening up at the top and you know it's tough but other teams are doing well you know Barrytown United have now gotten Daniel Broadhurst and Kath Walsh Kath Walsh sorry from from Cardiff and those are two huge signings for them like that is a statement of intent from the club they're obviously wanting experience and quality so 
your teams are trying to compete and that's really exciting. And if you can get down there and go watch a game, I do highly recommend it because you know, it means a lot for the club, but also it's they're good games. They're good quality games. I just do worry that in terms of finances, that some clubs are going to keep finding it very difficult to compete with teams like Wrexham, Swansea and Cardiff. But that is not a new narrative. This is a narrative that has been there for a long time. I just think that the more visibility the league gets, the more obvious that becomes to a lot of other people. So the FAW, again, like this is something that they really do need to try to figure out is how do you make the expansion of the league ubiquitous and sort of like democratic for for all the clubs so it doesn't just turn into this romp every season. Yeah. I mean, that isn't that isn't a uh, a uh, women's football issue. That isn't a, a Welsh yeah. football issue. It's 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 a football issue. You know, you look at leagues all around the the, the world. Um, you know, there's sometimes two or three teams that are that are much uh, richer than the others and therefore much stronger than the others. Um, you know, you, you look at the men's game in Wales. At least there's three um, powerhouses in this league. Whereas <laughs> in the men's game, you know, it, it's a it's it really is a closed shop. Um, but you know, Cardiff had a, a fantastic season. You know haven't lost yet they've only conceded four goals all year it, it, you yeah. know you've got it I don't really want to um I don't really want to compliment the club too much at the moment after uh you know some of the uh you know issues that have been um revealed in the last few days but you know from a football perspective it is it is incredible how good they are yeah, and I think it's testament to the players. I mean, that yeah. that there's that comes down to the players' quality and it comes down to the players wanting to to put in those kinds of performances for themselves and just for the pride of that. So, you know, it, it's it's great to see for for them and to see them doing really well. Um, but again, second half of the season, things can happen, things can change. Um, this Sunday, Wrexham and Wrexham travel down to Cardiff City and they're gonna play at Cardiff City Stadium. Um, it's kind of a double header, I guess, for Wrexham down south because you the the men play Newport on the Saturday and then of the course. women play um, Cardiff City yeah. on the Sunday. And I know asking Wrexham fans to stay for a whole weekend down south is is a lot. I mean, trains are diabolical, hotels I imagine are diabolical um, in terms of pricing and whatever. But if you can, for whatever reason, stay for the whole weekend. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. I'll be there at Cardiff City Stadium. So, yeah, I'm foregoing a fancy awards thing on Sunday in London to go to a much better, more exciting thing, which is Cardiff City versus Wrexham. So, yeah, you should all go. Yes, absolutely. It'll be a um, it'll be a good occasion, uh, regardless of um, of the football. Really, you know, these are it's got potential to sort of break records and. Uh, and all that. Um, so very exciting. Um, in terms of the rest of the the league, obviously the league splits uh, as there's, uh, you know, like the Cymru Premier. Uh, so it'll be a top four, a bottom four. TNS currently in fourth on eight uh, on sixteen points, but uh, Aberystwyth and Cardiff met uh, a little bit further behind them, twelve and eleven. So unlikely at this stage, but I think uh, a shout out to Aberystwyth Town. A lot of people had them down as potential uh, relegation candidates, and uh, and. They performed fantastically well and uh, still very much in with a shout of, of making that top four, although it's probably a little bit out of reach at this point. Yeah, I think it might just be a little too tough of an ask. But again, things change, things happen. The top teams could take points off of each other and then put Aber in a place where they really could go for it. So like you said, I, I just think it's incredible that most of us had written them off at the start of the season and they 
completely proved all of us wrong um which i i love that i love being proved wrong so so yeah i i have no grudge against that for being told that like i obviously have a horrible way of predicting what's <laughs> going to go down yeah and i think they're the only team to take points off cardiff so far with the draw yeah. earlier in the season so uh, very impressive uh down the bottom pont to breathe um as as like their male counterparts propping up the table uh, with one point. Barry, uh, five points ahead of them in seventh. Obviously, there's only one relegation spot, Megan. With Barry's, you know, latest recruits, it does seem like the writing's on the wall for Ponte. You know, no no wins this season. Uh, you know, only one draw, one point. It's, it's yeah. not looking good for them, is it? No, I think something really big needs to change. And like like we said, Barrytown going into the transfer market and getting those two players is is a really big statement from them. And I do think that that could potentially be sort of the margins made even wider for, uh, or sorry, made even smaller for Ponzi. So it doesn't look good. Um, and that, that's kind of the unfortunate reality of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the Adran North and South, uh, in terms of uh, potential uh, promoted teams, uh, I'm just looking now at the moment, Fran did know uh, our uh, level on points of Connors Key at the top. Of, of the north, um, down south, Britain Ferry are leading the way. They're on 18 points, um, two points clear of second, but also have two games in hand. Britain Ferry got awfully close last year. Um, do you expect them, you know, they've won all six of their games this season. Are you expecting them to uh, to go one better this year? And uh, and will we see them in the in the Cymru, uh, the, Ad- <laughs> the Adran Premier next year? It's mouthful, isn't it? Yeah. Um- <laughs> I, I think Britain very well. I loved watching that playoff final last season. And I, I thought for large spells of the game, they were the better side. Um, and, you know, just, just a really great moment of magic from Rosie Hughes was the thing that didn't get them there. And you think about how well Wrexham have performed in the top flight. And I think Britain Ferry will be a very similar story in terms of if they do go up, I don't think that they'll struggle nearly as much as maybe a lot of teams who do get promoted for the first time have. So I'm really excited to see them there. But then, you know, Connors Key was also pushing Wrexham a lot last season. Um, the fact that Clinton No is up there with them is exciting. There is a bit of like a race. So it's mm-hmm. it's more fun for a lot of people who maybe just want to go and watch some good football. And having another North Wales side would be nice in the top flight. Um, really, Wrexham were kind of the only ones. And TNS is up there as well. But to have another one somewhere near there is it, it's nice just in terms of bringing football back up north. But Britain Ferry will make a very big test out of that. And I think going off of where they were last season and how they're continuing their pace this season, they're probably the the ones I'd tip in terms of being promoted. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, finally, then, before we finish up, sort of sort of mentioned Cardiff City Ladies, the other Welsh club side who are playing uh in the English system. Uh, they, you know, recently had a t- takeover following their promotion. They sit in ninth at the moment in the 12 team league. Um, hasn't really been uh, a- a- an amazing start following the takeover. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things were said, a lot of promises were made. Uh, it's still very early days, but uh, what can you sort of say about uh, their season so far and the future for them? It's a tough one because their league is tough and more clubs are investing in their women's side. And a lot of those clubs that are in their league have a lot of backing from clubs with a fellow men's side, which means that there's more money available. So I know that there were a lot of promises made by the hierarchy, but I think a lot of those promises 
need to be weighed up against time and kind of the the patience that's going to be required in order to get there because this is a huge ask the the, in, the English pyramid in terms of women's football is very very difficult to climb um it, it is it's a lot like the Welsh um the Welsh league in terms of only one goes up and one goes down there's a lot of opportunities for playoffs and so I mean it, it's a difficult league and I think Cardiff potentially will be a little disappointed that they haven't really gone up um, or they haven't performed as well as they have, but you know they're getting players back from injury. So who knows? I think that this season is going to be a big learning curve for them, and then maybe next year they push on. But yeah, I think patience is going to be massively required because a lot of those promises were very big, and I think reality is maybe setting in a tiny bit. Yeah, uh, it's, it's easy to sort of talk when you go into a club but, um, and make big long-term promises, but obviously... Um, you know, it's never quite as easy as that, is it? Um, you know, that's just the nature of football. Um, so yeah, one to keep an eye on as the year goes on. Uh, Megan, I think that's uh, that's it. Is there any other Welsh women's football um stories or news that maybe we should keep keep an eye on um as twenty twenty four progresses? I mean, for me, the manager story is the biggest yeah, I mean, one at the is, moment. Yeah. That's it. Um, if anyone wants to put their name into a hat and then go and try to help the FAW out in terms of finding a good manager, <laughs> go for it. Um, but yeah, that that's the biggest one. And also just, you know, support your local team. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we always talk about going to go and support, um, you know, your local club or whatever, but supporting your local women's club is also important too. Absolutely. Um, trying to get down there. So so yeah, I, I work weekends, so a lot of times I can't go down to a game. But like, for example, this weekend, I'm going somewhere on Saturday with Ryan. And then Sunday, I'll be at, obviously, after covering a WSL game, I'll be at the Wrexham-Cardiff game. So yeah, try to support your local club as much as you can. I know it's difficult, but you know it's not raining this week, so yeah. go for it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, always good good way to get your football fix on a Sunday as well. Um, Megan, thank you very much. We'll have you back on the pod soon uh, especially when uh, a new manager is announced and we can sort of uh, talk uh, with a bit more um, uh, of, of knowing what's to come rather than speculating uh, at the moment uh, thank you very much Megan uh, enjoy the rest of your day and we'll speak to you soon thank you again Megan uh, as informative as ever uh, back in the room and back to the weekend's action uh, phase one of the Cymru Premier finished with some uh, dramatic matches this weekend. Carnarvon uh, clinched the final top six spot with a late equaliser away at Cardiff Met. Haverford West's day went from bad to worse uh, minutes later when Bala scored a late winner. Kaus, we've spoke about it a lot already, uh, but it's a, it's such an achievement for Carnarvon to get top six, especially when you consider... Um, you know, two sides who played in Europe missed out at their expense. Just how good a job has Richard Davis done? And, but also, what has he done to turn around a team that were looking likely to be tied up in the relegation spots to a team that are now genuine contenders for European football? Well, for a start, he's done an absolutely outstanding job because I, I've got to be honest, I thought uh, Hugh Griffiths at Canadavon, with the budget there, and we, we know we've talked about this at length, it is, it's one of the lower budgets in the league. Um, I thought Hugh Griffiths was always a safe pair of hands. And I thought they, I must admit, I've got it completely wrong. I thought they'd uh, live to regret sacking him. Uh, Fish uh, or Richard Davis has, has come in. Uh, very popular figure at the club, been there a number of years. 
And he has just galvanised the players and, and just, you know, I mean, you look at their team, they've got some good players in there, don't get me wrong, but they, they've also, you know, some of their better players are, are getting a little bit older now. He's managed to bring in uh, two or three really, really good young players. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, to get top six, um, you know, if the season finished now, he's the manager of the season for me. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. Um, so, yeah, and I, I think I tipped them for 10th this season. I think budget-wise, that's possibly would have been about right. Um, and you know, I've got to be—I've got to be honest as well. I mean, speaking to Carnarvon fans before the start of the season, um, I think they would have took just avoid the relegation. So I think even some of them were quite surprised at how well I've done. Um, and you know, you look at now, the, like sixteen-year-old lad in goal, um, who looks a star for the future, as I said last week, just outstanding and. Uh, and yeah, um, you know, right up to the uh, right up to the last day of the, the first phase, they've yeah. um, they've you know confounded the critics because I thought maybe they would have been the ones to slip into the to the bottom uh, bottom six, but no, what a job he's done, and you know you can only take your hat off to him, and he's a top guy as well, Richard yeah. Davies, very honest, um, and uh, and yeah, you know you can just see he's uh, he's a great character. Some of his celebrations as yeah. well. I'm just going to say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, top hats off to them. Well done to Cravin. Um But yeah, big surprise to see uh, to see maybe uh, Penna Bonds and Hanford West not figuring in the top six. Yeah. Um, I mean, Carnarvon. I think hats off to their recruitment because, like you said, they 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 are one of the uh, smaller budgets in the league. But Adam Davis coming in from Airbus, you know, he was a a very good player when they were promoted from the Cumbria North a couple of years ago. Um, obviously, didn't happen last year, but I think he broke his leg towards the end yeah. of the Cymru North season and didn't really get uh, fit and fire in. Uh, Zach Clark on loan from your good friends, Chester. Obviously, he has gone back now, which is going to be a big miss. But they went and um, replaced him with Guion David, one of the most exciting young players in the league on loan from TNS. So, uh, yeah, they, they were they were a good side. Sean Bradley having a, a fantastic season as well. You know, especially after losing someone like Noah Edwards, who's been so pivotal for them. Um it's yeah, fair play to Carnarvon. Um, yeah, uh, unbelievable. So that means uh, the top half will be uh, TNS, Connors Key, Bala, Newtown, Cardiff Met, and Carnarvon. Uh, and the uh, the bottom half or the playoff conference will be uh, Haverford West, Hennebont, Barry, Corwin Bay, Aberystwyth, and Pontypridd United. Uh, the Podfather's question this week is. Phase one of the Cymru Prem is complete. Who finishes seventh uh, at the end of the season? Haverford West, Pennebont or Barry? Do they qualify for Europe? Rod, we spoke about it a lot. I think we've, we're all tipping Pennebont, but Haverford West will definitely have something to say about it. And it looks like Barry are, are going to be a bit of a dark horse after some impressive results. Um, are you sticking with the Pennebont prediction for now? For now, yeah, um, I think they've just been in uh, unlucky with injuries, haven't they? Mm. Like you pointed out before, they've not had a full strength squad for a long time up until recently. And uh, but Barry's an interesting one. Uh, they've had a couple of really good wins. They're scoring goals for fun now as well, and they? they've got a yeah. couple of games where they scored four. So they seem to be clicking. And Hanford West, after a bit of a shaky start, they they seem to be kicking on. So I, it's going to be interesting to see which of those three. Because I think Barry, you have to include in the mix now. Yeah. Uh, well, the Podfather's already pointed that out, hasn't he? So, sorry, the axe man, I call him. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Penabolt myself. Um, based on what you've told me and what, what, what I've heard from 
like in terms of they've been just been a bit unlucky in the first first phase then. And I think they they they'd be disappointed they aren't in the top six and obviously them deducted points haven't helped. But yeah. uh, they're more than strong enough to get that seventh spot, I think. If yeah. if things click. If things click. Um yeah, hopefully um Touchwood the the three points will be uh re-awarded after appeal i don't know um i think the appeal had to be in by today some really um good comments from reese griffiths actually in his scorio interview that uh, went a bit viral over over the weekend sort of uh you know talking about what we've talked about on here the the you know professional standards for clubs that are run by volunteers and then and then um you know having you know punishing clubs quite harshly for such minor errors that's the difference as well though is that penabonts is it one infringement and they went the three yeah. points? Whereas part of the pre, they don't know how many they had and they've ended up with six. So how, I don't think, I know they've had the hundred odd points suspended, yeah. but still it's a bit, it's a bit inconsistent for me that one, one, uh, what's, what's uh, infringement is punished with three points. And then you can yeah. do as many as part of pre did and only get an extra three points. This seems a bit like, you know, imbalanced and, in terms of what the punishments are handed out, I think one point may have been enough for Penabont, maybe. I don't, I'm not sure, but yeah, you know, um, obviously, we've said before, you got you can't professionalize the league as quickly as they are doing, really, in terms of mm. the, the volunteers running things. You know, volunteers are going to make mistakes when you're expecting them to run a club like it's a full time profession. So, yeah. yeah, I yeah. highly recommend everyone go and check out that video Scorio put up. Um, of uh, Reese Griffiths' post-match interview because uh, he's absolutely bang on uh, in what he says. Um, Kaus, there was some shock manager news last week as a uh, friend of the pod, Chris Hughes, announced uh, he was leaving Newtown. This, you know, it's a huge loss for Newtown, especially headed into the second half of the season. Uh, he's been at the club for 10 years uh, and so far had a really good season, very much in contention for third place. Despite you know a few defeats in the last few weeks, you know, did you see this coming? And should Newton maybe be a little bit concerned going forward? No, didn't see it coming at all. Uh, you know, I know Chris, uh, as as do we all, having having uh, had him on the pod a couple of times. Um, I'm hoping this means that he's going to uh, commit himself to uh, Denby Veterans Football for the next uh, <laughs> next season or so. Um, but no, I haven't had a chance to catch up with him yet. But but I tell you what, in uh, you know, in terms of uh, you talk about managers doing a great job and longevity. Uh, you know, Colin Caton, we all know, has been at Bala a long time. But, I mean, I would argue uh, it's almost uh, as... It, Chris has done almost as good a job at Newtown as Colin has done there. I really would. Um, he, they are consistently at the top end of the table. And, you know, I am uh, I remember Newtown prior to him joining where they, they, were, they were down the lower reaches. OK, they've been a consistent f- feature in the, uh, in the league. But Chris has took him on to a new level and took him into Europe. And and uh, what a job. Just unbelievable job. Um, because as we know, it's not easy to attract players to someone like Utah. You know, yeah. it's, um, it's it's not exactly the centre of the universe. Uh, as we know, Powys not existing and all that. Um, <laughs> it very much but, is the uh, centre of Wales, which is to yeah. its detriment. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, I, I, um, I think, you know, reading uh, what he said, leaving the club there... Um, you know, he is going to spend a bit of time with his family. Uh, I happen to know his son as well. And, you know, I sort of joke with him, Christ, you probably, uh, you probably see me more than you see your dad with all the, uh, you know, all the matches he's got to get to on a weekly basis. So, no, but, um, 
you know, yeah, absolutely. What a great job. What a great bloke. And uh, we'll see him back. I think he'll probably take six months now, uh, if not longer. Uh, but we will see him back in the league before long because, um, you know, he'll be uh, a very wanted yeah. man, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hopefully we'll get him on the pod as well in the next few months um, to chat about everything he's done at Newtown and, and what the future holds um, for one of the busiest men in Welsh football. Um, elsewhere, uh, the relegation fight took uh, another few twists and turns on the weekend. Barry have pretty much lifted themselves out of the conversation, as Rodri's already mentioned, coming back to win 4-2 against Abba. That's eight goals in two weeks now for, for Barry. Um, the real drama was at Colwyn Bay, where Ponty scored in the 95th minute to beat uh, the Bay. Uh, so now each of the bottom three are, are separated by one point each. I think it's 15, 14, 13. Ponty at the bottom, Colwyn Bay in 11th, Abba in, in 10th, I think. Might be wrong. Uh, yes, I'm right. Colin Bay 11th, Abba 10th. Yep, should have checked that, but there we are. Um, House, it's, we, we speak about it every week and it's pointless making predictions at the moment because things are changing all the time, but it's just going to be pure entertainment, you know, because all those sides are capable of getting results against each other and the other yeah. three teams in the um, in the bottom half of the table. Ponty, you know, very much haven't taken their deduction lying down despite losing their manager. And still have them on for finishing bottom, but you know that's a big win for them this weekend and a, and a bad bad defeat for Colin Bay. Possibly the result of the weekend uh, for me. I think uh, with the manager going and things like that, you know you'd probably look at it. Ponting in a bit of turmoil there. Uh, they've gone to Colin Bay and picked up picked up a win. And you know as you as you rightly say, I think um, you know Stevie Evans will be uh, will be quite worried after that one. I would say. And, uh, you know, speaking to a couple of Bay fans after the game, they they um, you know they weren't pulling any punches. They they said we were very very poor. Um, so Colin Bay got a lot of work to do. I've got to say, two big signings coming yeah. in for them. Uh, young lad Stan Davis on cushion. Um, very very good young players. But as we know, we're young players. They're not going to come in and give you give you an instant boost. They they're going to take you know it's going to take them a month to get up to speed. They've been playing reserve team football, but as we know. Reserve team football isn't, um, you know, isn't any match for first team football. So it's going to take them a bit of time. But I think they're the sort of lads who can make a difference uh, going forward after that bedding in period. I still say, and I've said it all season, second phase, that's where, you you know, you, you sort of live or die. You live and die on, on the second phase when you're playing against a team of similar standards. You know, you've got no TNS to play or, or Nomads or anymore. Um, I still think, I still think the bait will, by the skin of their teeth, stay up but that is that is an absolute hammer isn't it that one that result on Saturday I mean you know you look at it you think the manner maybe of it draw. as well what's that yeah. the manner of it as well you know 95th yeah. 96th minute didn't they equalise in the 93rd yeah they did they equalised with a yeah. penalty late on yeah. and then uh, and then lost uh, a few minutes later and yeah, do, do you know what I, you, you don't want to see it happen a uh, good bloke like Steve Evans but I think he'd probably be a little bit worried at the moment because you know, uh, as I say, let's hope uh, let's hope that there's no uh, no sackings. We don't like to see it, but um, but Chris you know, Hughes is available. <laughs> well, I, this is the thing. I think uh, the saving grace maybe there would be uh, the fact that that Chris will probably want a bit of time away. But yeah, yeah absolutely. Let's hope Stevie because uh, you know we we've seen it. We know he's a good manager because of what he did last year. Mm. So I'm pretty sure Neil and and the the board that can have uh, at Colwyn Bay won't be making any rash decisions. But as we know, Colwyn Bay, 
they want to be a top tier side. They don't mm. want to go back to the second tier. So, yeah. um, so yeah, interesting few months, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, one thing I have noticed as well, Kaus, um, Cardiff Mets and Corwin Bay sort of buck the trend, but uh, it's a, it's almost a bit of a north south divide in the league with yeah. the north dominating the top half, yeah. the south dominating the, the bottom half. No complaints from me as a Pennabon fan because you know the away games are going to be easier. Um, but you know, why do you think that is at the moment? Why why is North Wales football so much stronger than the South? Do you put it down to Cardiff and Swansea, you know, being in the South and taking away resources? Is that a reason? What do you think? I don't know if that's necessarily true, mate. I really don't. Um, I just think you know these these anomalies happen from season to season. I think maybe you look at, as I say, um, you know, uh, I mean. No, Nomads and TNS are the biggest budgets in the league and they're the top two, so there's no surprise there. Um, Carnarvon Town have had what I would call an above-average season. I would say Penabont and Hanford West have had a below-average season. So, you know, all of a sudden, you you know, you swap Carnarvon with Penabont or Hanford West and it looks a little bit different, doesn't it? Mm. So, I, I don't know. I don't I don't read too much into that at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I did see one comment from uh, Steve Lewis. Uh, used to play for Prestatin amongst... Well, I think he played for about nine clubs up here, but um, but yeah, he um, he said uh, I think Colwood Bay be better off getting a travel lodge in uh, yeah. Bridge End for the next few months. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> I, I do. I don't um, envy the travel and any, miles. Any, any recommendations in. for places to stay, Ray? Oh well, there's yeah, a lovely um, <laughs> lovely uh, Premier Inn up uh, by um, MacArthur Glen. So good travel, you know, transport net uh, links. M4 is there. Heronston yeah. in towns, lovely, lovely, lovely uh, spot as well. So, uh, or um, you know, go locals, few nice B and Bs. Maybe stay out by the coast, you know, yeah. in Ogmore or, or Pluscall. Um, yeah, nice part of the world if they if they fancy settling. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Covley, if you're listening, mate, this is the uh, Wish You Were Here podcast with uh, yeah. Ryan Matt. Yeah, what a place, what a place. Um, uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward now to the second half of the season. Uh, that kicks off on the first weekend of Feb, I think. Uh, we've got the MG Cup final next weekend and then a Welsh Cup uh, round the weekend after. So uh, lots to look forward to, as well as the uh, rest all of the, the pyramid. All the teams have gone to Dubai now this weekend. Yeah. yeah. And Le yeah, Manga and places like that. Yeah. Where would be the Welsh Dubai, uh, you know, for a team to go? You know, they all got to like Bishgar. But Lynn's my head, I was going to say. Yeah. To be yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like to see that. Uh, yeah. Rod, let's begrudgingly go <laughs> to Cymru Leeds corner for the first time in a while. Um, a tepid Cardiff performance handed Leeds a uh, comfortable 3 0 win at the Cardiff City Stadium. Dan James scoring, Joe Roden and Ethan Ampadu barely breaking a sweat at the back. From a Welsh perspective, weirdly, Leeds playing so well and Cardiff playing so poorly is, is probably a positive if you look at it from that side of things, not from my side of things. But yeah, um, you know, they're thriving at the moment. That They are the core of that side, aren't they, the three Welsh lads? Yeah, I was uh, half expecting not to be invited on the pod tonight after that <laughs> result on the weekend. But um, yeah, uh, it's Basically, three first names on the team sheet are the Welsh boys and uh, Dan James having having the season I've wanted him to have since he arrived at Leeds and basically, obviously, he stepped down to the championship to do it, but it's kind of helped him regain his confidence and he's absolutely flowing at the moment. He's he's taking people on like he used to when he was first breaking through with the Swans, so it's refreshing to see and he's still got that odd, you know, bad decision in him. He got a bit lucky with that assist for the third, uh, the 
pass for the third goal, he kind of overhit that. But um, but he's he's scoring goals, he's assisting goals, he's he's doing the old uh, you know one man sprints upfield and stuff like he was doing when he was like first on the scene. So it's, he's really come back into his own. And Ampadu's a captain on the weekend, so to be a captain of Leeds within his first six months at the club shows how much he's valued. And I think he's one of the players of the season. So, and then Joe Rodon, I just see Leeds fans on Twitter and everything like that screaming for Leeds to sign him now before yeah he gets pushed by another side because he's having a hell of a season. So, yeah, really, really happy. Obviously, when I started sport Leeds, Gary Speed is in the side, and I just loved having a Welshman in the in the side. So, to have three players, basically key players, is is really nice and. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to gloat or anything because it was a really, really poor Cardiff performance. Really, yeah, I, they just looked a bit like um, directionless on the pitch. Like I think Bullet must have been pulling his hair out because they were keeping the ball at all, kicking it away, and just didn't have any composure on the ball, and it made it far too easy for Leeds. Really, um. Yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I th- I didn't think Leeds had to get out of second gear, really. No. Um, yeah. That's the second time now we've played, um, I think the last two home games were against Leeds and Leicester, and we haven't laid a glove on either. And you're not expecting to go and beat these sides because they are some of the best teams the Championship's ever seen, but yeah. just to put it more of a fight. Um, it's been a bit of a yeah, bleak but... weekend from a Cardiff perspective because... Um, after sort of quite a lot of talk about January being big and players coming in, Bullet seemed to be quite uh, downbeat about the chances of signing players um, at the moment. I don't know mm. what's happened, but I feel like the board aren't playing ball. So uh, concerning because I think we've lost another two lads who've gone back to their club uh, on loan. So we're looking thin uh, and we're lacking quality. That's, um, that's, that's, leggy. That's, that's what I thought the difference was. Like the first game of the season was obviously the Leeds Cardiff game. Yeah. In Ellen Road and Cardiff just really fought for every ball and really made it difficult for Leeds that day. And it was a complete opposite on Saturday. So that's the very least you need to do in the championship when you're competing against teams with like, you know, Leeds have got like a thirty million pound player playing in the ten position. So, you know, yeah. you're gonna be playing against teams like that. The least you need to do is, you know, fight for every ball, especially at home. And I just thought it was a bit tepid and they could probably do with reinforcements, but yeah, a bit concerning for Cardiff if they if they're not going to get, I think probably two or three players in really, yeah, in, in certain positions. I definitely think you need some. Uh, if Ramsey's not going to be fit, you need someone in that position because there was like kind of no, like when Ramsey played that first game of the season. I haven't on I generally haven't watched much Cardiff live. I've seen highlights yeah. and obviously, but Ramsey's pulling strings and making chances, and obviously the quality of the guy. Is something, but then without him, I don't think there's anyone quite like that in the Cardiff side. You've no, battle axes really in midfield. Like you've got that Rinomata came on and players of his ilk, rather than you need a creative player, I think, and put potentially a, a big man up front because I think you lost that striker yeah. didn't you back to yes, Agbo's gone to Sheffield Wednesday. He, he didn't light things up, but he, he scored a few uh, yeah. important goals. So uh, yeah, it's it's a concern. Uh, you know, Colwell uh, has had a really good run of games, uh, but got taken out basically because I think uh, Bullet wanted to pack the midfield. So we we lost who's he's been our most you know creative outlet um, in the last few weeks. So uh, yeah, 
we'll see how the rest of the window goes. But yeah, it's not looking good. Uh, but it does look good for Wrexham. Uh, uh, another win on the weekend. Uh, not quite the prettiest, but uh, I think you know getting over the line is all that matters. Uh, Newport uh, got a great result away from home, a, a late winner against Doncaster. Merthyr, unfortunately, fell to defeat uh, on the weekend. Uh, and the Swans were thwarted by another Welsh player in uh, Luke Williams's first match as Jordan James got the late equaliser there. Uh, not very often to Cardiff and Swansea both uh, both drop points uh, at the expense of uh, Welsh footballers doing well. So uh, yeah. there's a silver lining. I guess that's, uh, that's it. Um, we should mention as well, after we recorded last week, uh, Wrexham drew Blackburn away in the FA Cup. Swansea uh, drew Bournemouth away and uh, Newport County will take on uh, Manchester United if they beat Eastleigh in their replay, which will, would have happened, I think. I think it's Tuesday night um, by the time you hear this podcast. So uh, maybe we'll have Newport. This is Man United to look forward to. Um, Kaus, you know, we've spoken a lot about uh, what cup runs can do, um, but, you know, for Newport to once again draw one of England's giants and, uh, you know, they've had a great run of playing fantastic, you know, brilliant Premier League teams at Rodney Parade. It's, it's massive for them, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, these sort of games are the, the sort of games that can almost, uh, you know, uh, decide your budget for next season. You know, they're, they're that big. Yeah. They're, they're, they're huge. And, um, you know, and it's the same for Wrexham as well. I mean, you know, we're, we're lucky to sort of have, uh, you know, uh, a lot of... Uh, you know, a bit of money to spend and a lot of investment, but you know they, they still want some, um, you know, some money coming uh, coming into the coffers as well. So, so yeah, any any League Two side, no matter how well funded they are, it's absolutely huge. And yeah, especially for Newport, I really hope they can uh, they can get a win there. I mean, could you imagine if we we got a win as well as a you know all Welsh fifth round tie? So yeah, that'd be something else. Yeah, wouldn't it? So, that would be um, pretty, especially if it's not Cardiff or Swansea in it as well. That would be really good. That would be absolutely outstanding. It'd be a great occasion. They'd, so they'd, they'd still put Crystal Palace v uh, yeah. Redford on Sky yeah. on, on BBC, though, wouldn't they? Absolutely. <laughs> some of these some of these choices, mate, for these uh, these televised yeah. fixtures are absolute nonsensical. But uh, but yeah, and, and you know, of course, we've got um, we've got the the All Welsh Derby uh, coming up this weekend as yeah. well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good times for for Newport and Wrexham fans at the moment. I, I yes. was going to say um, the Blackburn draws. Quite a good one for the away fans' perspective, though, isn't it? They've got a massive away allocation there, haven't they? Ewood Park. hundred percent, mate. I, I was really yeah. happy with it. Um, you know, my my, uh, my ex missus family are all Blackburn fans, so that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, might lose custody of my Jack Give Crystals it, after that one. But, giving uh, them wanker signs in the uh... <laughs> <laughs> wanker, wankers. Yeah. You can uh, but, you uh, can yeah. get the uh, do a uh, Tommy's takeaways on the Venkies chicken as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, the, the the allocation means that it's a good draw. I think usually you'd be a little bit disappointed, but I mean, even though it's on a Monday night, I still I still think they'll give us about seven thousand. Um, yeah, you know, it's got to be fifteen percent, doesn't it? I think in the FA yeah. Cup. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean, you know, yeah. I think fifteen percent isn't quite seven thousand, but they'll they'll have to give us that whole end anyway. Yeah. I think. So um, yeah. So yeah, probably looking at seven thousand. With it being a Monday night and no train travel, um, yeah, perhaps we'll do seven thousand, but there'll be at least five thousand as well of us there. So it'd be a great occasion. Is that is that because of TV? Is it? Yeah, yeah. TV. Yeah. It's, we're on um, BBC B- Wales. Yeah. So, um, 
it's good yeah. that they, it's good that they've got the game on for people who can't go, but that's just like you know, it's so inconvenient. Put yeah. changing it to it's, times like that. They don't take factor in travel at all, do they? Like, yeah, it's a shame, um, really. I, I've I've loved seeing our games uh, be televised by uh, Esper Direct. You know, I think yeah. they do a great job. Uh, love the, love their coverage to bits, but. Um, you know, and, and I sort of I don't mind when it's them because it's it's only ever a Saturday evening or a Sunday that they change it to. But obviously, BBC yeah. Wales have have had to with their schedules, they've had to put it on a Monday. And you know, there's there's um, it's a shame for a lot of people who won't be able to make it now. But mm. that's the nature of the game now. It's not just BBC Wales who do it, so I'm not just criticising them. It's it's just the nature of TV yeah. coverage. So um, yeah, yeah, it's a pill we've got to swallow, unfortunately. Yeah, it uh, makes a change for Wrexham to be on TV as well, Kaus. So, uh, you know. Yeah. I don't think we've been on telly for about 14 days now. So, yeah, I was going to ask you as well, Kaus, do you feel a bit left out that there was a five-all in League Two and it didn't involve Wrexham? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did see that one. Grimsby against Notts County, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I was gutted for you, actually, Rods, because... Um, you know, chalk oh, a goal exactly. off either side, you'd either <laughs> yeah. win some money, probably. Yeah, get the clacks in after that. The... Get the clacks in <laughs> Don't do anything for a 5 all. Don't do anything for a 5 all. No. It was nonsense, uh, I was saying. Yeah. Uh, do you know Blackburn uh, are the side that fill their ground least in the championship? I remember reading that last season. They, on average, yeah. fill 66% of their ground. Uh, I think Cardiff are like third or fourth in that. So, uh, yeah. They, they, um, they, they are actually, they, they actually are quite a very poorly supported club to be honest they um i remember even in the premier league um they were they yeah. were sort of given tickets for a tenner and they still couldn't fill it against man yeah. united and teams like that so yeah they you know but but then you know you've got to be you've got to be fair at the same time blackburn's a very very small town yeah uh, there is a there is actually one blackburn fan in kindevery i think it must have been from when they had all that cash in the premier league <laughs> yeah. <laughs> walks around in that uh Really tight Kappa Blackburn kit from like 2002. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with like Matt, Matt Janssen on the back. Or something yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gary Flitcroft or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right then, uh, that'll do for the weekend round. Uh, we'll chat to uh, Agent Phillips next, who, uh, who's been out and about. Agent Phillips, are you there? I am here loud and clear. Good stuff. Um, Phillips, it's been a busy weekend. Um, what have you been up to? I've been on the road. On the road, I've got a feature that is not yet got a name. Uh, the working title is Phillips on the Road, which is not very imaginative. Yeah. Anyone's got any suggestions of a name, like send me a message. I haven't had a message for a while, actually. Yeah, lonely, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Lack of phone reception normally where I go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been on the road. I went to watch Breck and Corey's take on the mighty Newport City on the weekend. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, well, this is how it panned out, I suppose. Phillips here on the way to Brecon today. First ever Phillips visits. Need to think of a better name for it. I've arrived in Brecon. Uh, it's taken me ages to get here because I think everyone learns to drive in a lorry in Brecon. Uh, no cars on the road, just massive HGVs. Got my committee pass from my unnamed football club from the Church League. Let's see if they let me in. Uh, the committee pass has uh, <laughs> failed. I've had to pay to get in. Uh, 
Uh, just kicked off it. Newport City against the Corries. See how this one goes. Well, I've just noticed straight away that uh, Newport City have got former football league Matt Green playing up front for them. Dave Evans, or Dale Evans even, uh, showing the, what he learned at Derby County Academy there. With a great tackle on Matt Green. Good atmosphere, some meaty challenges going on here. People shouting money bags at Newport City, I'm not sure why. Not much money down there, is there? Ref losing control early doors here. <laughs> Contentious offside decision right in front of me. Uh, no one knew what was going on. People shouting, refs start shouting back. No yellow cards. Uh, bro, carnage. Just what you want to see. Oh, mental good chance there for one of uh, four or five. I can't even count them. Evans is in the team. Could have been Craig, could have been Joel. It wasn't Dale. Good game so far. Lovely hot dogs as well. This uh, might sound like a lazy generalisation, but I'm pretty sure Billy Webb's on the bench for Newport City. Some of the sounds are exactly like him. Newport City striker number 10, Bateman. I can't remember his first name, I can't be bothered looking up. Has completely lost his head, claiming he's working hard and the rest of the team is not doing anything. Oh my god, what was that? Away, good. Another attack thwarted by the Corries. Nil nil. Newport City have just scored, but it's been disallowed by the uh, man who dressed like a uh, council road worker for offside. Not sure anyone understands this offside rule anymore because there's quite a bit of arguing going on now. Quite a bit of arguing. Good crowd here, yeah, to be fair. Good, uh, I'd say. I'm not going to bother counting them. I haven't counted anything for years. And Red Allen can make it, right? Uh, it's it is a about 100, 150 here. Bloody freezing, though. Bloody freezing. People in Brecon are built differently. A postman has just turned up wearing rugby shorts, and it's about minus one year. I've been pressed into action as an emergency ball boy as two shots go sailing over the bar. And no one else is watching the game anywhere near me. Everyone looking at me. I have to go get a fetch a ball twice. <laughs> Half time of the Richfield. Nil nil. Entertaining encounter. Enjoying this. Uh, Newport City's strikers are quite lively. They've got Matt Green, who used to play in the Football League, and some. And what's his name? Some Bateman. Uh, they're lively, but Corries are dealing with them. Hitting them on the counter attack. That's enough for the football. Uh, I've had a hot dog, who's lovely. Uh, a van has been hit by a football. I'm off for a cup of tea, no coffee, or well, one of them. Maybe Bovril. Phillips loves a Bovril. Well, second half, and the Corries have been out here for five minutes, and they're just stood about freezing cold. Newport City now appearing from the tunnel, just in the sea on the benches. Both, uh, both benches have got uh, Cymru Prem experience. From a Newtown player, Damon Daniels, in charge of the Corries, and then you've got Passmo, Garrett Passmo, former command town, I think, on the bench. I think he's over there for Newport, Newport City. Uh, both teams back now. Corries boys turning blue because they're freezing. Uh, yeah, let's hope for some goals, second half. 25 or so ultras behind the goal 
uh, entertaining both me and themselves by shouting Newport's a shithole etc etc and uh, other things One nil to Newport City here. Uh, number seven, I'll check his name later. Uh, scored from close range after uh, two or three shots are deflected. Keep him in a nice save, bounced up, neat header into the goal. Newport City one, well, no, Breck and Collies nil, Newport City one. Looks like Breck are going to make some changes here. Yeah? This might be the goal that we needed to spark this game into life and warm me up because I am frozen to the spot. Straight joking off, Matt Green's had a chance. He's gone one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. Bird's just fallen off a tree next to me. Uh, he's gone one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper. Evan shouted lob him. He's caught between shooting and lobbing, and he's kicked it over the fence behind the goal. One ball lost, still one-nil. Oh, the Corries have just scored, but I've got a disgusting admission to make. I haven't got a clue who scored because I was having a piss behind the tree. Uh, I'll have a look at the foot on the app now. Uh, just, well, people are going wild here, but I have no idea what just happened. That's a chaos here as the ref refuses to blow his whistle for about three minutes, and Evan just decides to take it. Oh, what a tackle! Oh, he's got a knee high there. Don't think it's that bad. Can former Derby County Academy rider Kaisus centre back Dale Evans marshal his defence for this free kick? <clears throat> Matt Green scored for Newport City to uh, after the celebration finished. The uh, little Brecon Ultras have started singing "You're too shit to score again." Uh, <laughs> good goal, a little simple cross, and he's tucked it away back post. No, they're attacking again. He's in. Oh, Day Levens with a good clearance there to his brother, who's hammered it over the stand. Two one. Late goal for. Newport City made it 3-1, 8-1 with a great left foot strike, uh, too much pace at the end. Uh, good game between two relatively evenly matched sides, Corey's put up a good fight, uh, enjoyed my day out, had a nice hot dog, uh, can't feel my feet, pretend to be a ball boy for a bit, Phillips is going home, hope there's not too many lorries about now. Phillips out. There we are, uh, an, an eventful day out, Phillips, um, watching some top, top class football. Uh, your words, not mine. Uh, yeah, uh, after the game, I caught up with one of their players. I was going to say star player, but I'd say their tallest player. Yeah. This is what he had to say. Frustrating game today, mate. Um, they probably started better of the two teams. We slowly got into it after about 20 minutes, had a couple of good chances and uh, felt like we had them on the ropes before half-time. Second half, they obviously uh, took the lead. We managed to pull one back pretty much straight away. After that, I'd say they got on top, um, took the lead at 2-1. couple of good chances for us, but then just ran out of gas at the end. Good challenge, but um, yeah, I felt like we probably just about deserved the point, so the, uh, the loss was quite tough to take. On the other hand, mate, Boots, if you can sort a two-for-one deal out for me and uh, the brunette Hulk Hogan of Brecon Corrie's Luke Ruffley, we're into our black leather. Something like the Yule Sport from the early 2000s with a big tongue and strap. Sort us out something like that and then I can uh, I can chat to my legal team, a.k.a. Damien Daniels and Paul Kettle. Well, Phillips, uh, it's been a pleasure um, 
to hear your insight from uh, the first edition of Phillips on the Road, Phillips on Tour, uh, Phillips on the Go, Off You Go Phillips, whatever you want to call it. Hey, that's got legs, that is. Yeah, Off You Go Phillips. Very insightful. Uh, looking forward to your next your next uh, trip. Yeah, well, if anyone wants me to come and see them play, uh, just let me know because, you know, have van will travel. like Yeah. Not too far because the van is shagged, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if anyone wants to be, has anyone got any suggestions of game games to watch, whatever it is in Wales, let me know. I'll try my best to come along. Anyway, Phillips, uh, it's been a pleasure um, to hear what you have to say about your day out. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. I've got to go. I've got to fix the gearbox in the van. Off you go. Welcome back to uh, part two of the podcast. Uh, we'll start with our... Uh, Lineup game, as we always do. Uh, have I got a treat for you tonight, boys? Have I got a treat for yeah. you tonight? Uh, Afcon is is on, yeah. um, so Not I'm picking all. a picking a <laughs> picking a random game from Afcon history. No, I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carl Roberts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but but I am going to pick um, uh, a time one of the only games. Looking at the list quickly, maybe the only African opposition Wales have ever played, uh, and that is Tunisia. So we played uh, Tunisia in a friendly in Tunis uh, in uh, June 1998, uh, a Bobby Gould uh, choice. Wales lost 4-0. I think they were uh, headed to uh, the World Cup in France uh, a week or so later. So yeah, that's what we're going with. They were playing. It's, it's a classic, uh, classic thing with Wales, isn't it? Whoever England play in yeah. their group, we yeah. usually play their opponents, don't we? Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. I don't know why, you know, but there we are. Uh, makes sense to someone. So yeah, we're going for that game. Uh, can't remember who won. Last- it was you, Cows. You, you're unbeaten this year, aren't you? Yeah, two from two. <laughs> so do you want to go first or second tonight? Ooh. I feel a bit under pressure. I'll go. I'll go first. Okay. So uh, kick us off then for Tunisia four, Wales nil, the sixth of June, nineteen ninety-eight. Oh, right. Let's go keeper because it's uh, it's a fifty-fifty choice. Um, yeah. trying to trying to gauge trying to gauge his uh, Ryan's facial expressions. Yeah. There, right. <laughs> so, uh, I'll go for. Uh, <laughs> He's, you to commit to the keeper I'm risking it. I'm risking it. I'm risking it. I'm going for Mark Crossley. Incorrect. Ah, fucking hell, Paul Jones. Obviously. Just want to say, just want to say at this point, there's one player in this team that I genuinely haven't heard of. So uh, that's fun. <laughs> but you, you are both slightly older than me, so he may be in your um, in yeah. your uh, world more than mine. Uh, Rod, um, can you take an early lead? Who are you going with? I'm going to go with um, Robbie Savage. Correct. 1-0. Kaus. Right. Stalwart time. Um, yeah. Colin Roberts. No, I'm only joking. Gary Speed. Correct. Correct. Safe safe as houses. Rod. Um, Pembridge. Correct. Good. Good answer. That's 2-1. Uh, so, Kaus, you've got to get this to stay in the game. 
I reckon I know who the uh, the player you've never heard of is, but I'm not going to go for him. Uh, it's too risky, right? I'm going to go for. Oh, fucking hell! It's going to be this. It's going to be full of fringe players. I know that. Um, I right, I go for um, Kit Simons. No, no, risky, but uh, it didn't pay off. Rod, uh, you've won. But do you yeah. want to uh, do you want to go three from three? I want to try and guess this um, player you said you haven't heard of, but I can't. I'm struggling to think. Uh, I won't ask for clues because Kaus can have a stab after me. Um, I'm going to say John Robinson. I've got some memory he plays. No, no, John Robinson. Game. Yeah. Uh, shit. So yeah, well done anyway, Rod. Uh, a good win. Um, who do you think is the player I've never heard of, Kaus? Steve Jenkins. No, I know Steve Jenkins is the manager of Barry Town. I know him. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, yeah. Christ. <laughs> uh, he had five caps of Wales, played most of his football for QPR. Born oh, not Tony, Ro- not Tony Roberts. No. All right. Born oh, in no. Neath. QPR. Him and his friend were punched and Position. kicked during a drunken street brawl in Bicester. What? What position was he? He was also arrested for punching a taxi driver outside a nightclub in Barbados. Uh, he's a uh, defender. Not a posi- defender. Was it was it Ryan something? No, uh, Ryan Green did play. Ryan Green, did, yeah. oh, Ryan Green did play. Yeah, he, he um, played. I'm gonna have to I, say it. Phil Morgan. <laughs> no. Carl Carl Reddy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He was Wimbledon. Yeah, I've well, heard of Carl Reddy, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's news to me. No he Wimbledon. He played for Queen's Park Rangers, Motherwell. Yeah, she's fine, thanks. Ah, uh all the shots, <laughs> Aylesbury and Farnborough Town. Who was shot? Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, QPR, yeah, okay. I yeah, so Wimbledon, um but... Andy Marriott think... was in goal. Um Fucking so neither... hell, I should have got that. Yeah, neither Paul Jones or um, Mark Crossley. Ryan Green, Chris Coleman. You got the wrong side of the Coleman Simons. Uh, Carl Reddy were the defenders. Uh, three mid, uh, four midfielders uh, were Hembridge, Savage, Speed. I don't think anyone went for Speed. No, you did, didn't you, Kaus? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Cardiff legend Paul Trollope. Uh, Paul and the Trollope, front, man. front three was a a strong front three: Craig Bellamy, John Hartson, and Dean Saunders. Oof. Kind of would have, strong, would have been strong front three, but the rest of that team is an absolute disgrace. Yeah, Sav- Savage, Speed, and Pembridge. Yeah, so that's, not too yeah, bad. that's not too bad. Um, the, def- the defense is just yeah. <laughs> three. There's only they haven't named the whole bench, but the three used substitutes were uh, Rob Edwards, Simon Howarth, and um, oh, Chris Llewellyn. Simon Howarth, haven't heard his name for yeah, twenty five years. <laughs> Simon Howarth, I fucking yeah. I fucking hate him. <laughs> no, I do. Honestly, he was playing for Tranmere and uh we we actually beat him 2-1 at Brenton Park and when he scored their goal, he ran he did that like with a cup in his ear to to the away end so like fuck off. But um yeah. Don't hold the grudge <laughs> or anything. Yeah. No. No, oh, fair play. Good I stuff. I fucking hate Carl Reddy as well. 
<laughs> no, I, no. <laughs> I fucking hate Bobby Gould. That's who I hate. Yeah, yeah. What a ridiculous, what That's a ridiculous it. time. Anyway, uh, let's do some uh, listener questions before we round up. Um, we'll start with the 1912 Exiles, the brilliant Newport City podcast. They said after Newport County have dispatched Eastleigh and Man United, who would you want to draw in the fifth round of the FA Cup? Yeah. Um, uh, maybe like a small club like Spurs or someone. If they're even still in it, don't know. Oh no, they play Man City. Yeah, winner of that. Uh, down to Rodney Parade. Why not? Uh, Nathan. Uh, what, about, uh, what about the Hurricanes? They're, they're a good side. They'd be a good draw, wouldn't they? The Hurricanes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Well, you, oh, is in Spurs? Is in like an American? Oh, yeah. Over no, 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 ITV. You never cartoon. heard of the Hurricane. I know you're a bit younger. No. You never heard of the Hurricanes. ITV cartoon. It wasn't it. I think. No oh, news to me. You- yeah. Oh, you need to watch it, Ray. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll get I on it. Harchester I'm, United I'm not, away. I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying it I was. Uh, I'm not saying it was a racist cartoon, but they had an African player who played in bare feet. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure they had like a Aztec American as well. Yeah, something. It was very ropey. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Harchester oh. United away for Newport. Um, just have the team bus explode in the stadium or something. <laughs> That'd be a dr- that would be a dream, a dream team to draw, wouldn't it? Oh, right, uh, naughty it, it Nathan. Would be nice to, it would be nice to see Newport play someone whose um, whose manager, um, you know, did like over a hundred episodes of The Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe the winner of Man United versus Newport will play the winning the winning team in Soccer Aid. <laughs> Uh, right, uh, naughty Nathan Davis uh, asks if Wales had an invite to play in AFCON or the Asian Cup, which tournament would you want them to play in? Rod, it's a no-brainer this one, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm just looking at the fixtures coming up. Burkina Faso v Mauritania. Why wouldn't you want to be involved in a group with them? Yeah, be absolutely beautiful. Um, I think I'd abs- I'd probably like I'd perish. I would die watching in the heat though. It's like 38 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. So that I just thinking of that Iran game in Qatar. I that's the closest I've come to death at football. It was horrible. It was so seeing some of these games in the Afghan, I'd have to just dress as in a suit made of ice or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh the Asian Cup doesn't quite have the same lure as uh the Afghan. Uh, I think it's in still Qatar, some, isn't it? Still some interest in uh if you can get in a group with like Tajikistan or you know Yeah. Uh, what about Copper oh, America though? Would you rather Afcon or Copper America? That's the that's the big tough Cop- one, isn't it? Copper America, Cop- Cop- Copper America, America yeah. probably just for the the fan culture there, really. Um, but Afcon just just the just the teams in it, yeah, it's glorious and the colourful kits, man. This what a beautiful set of kits there always is yeah. in the Afcon. Yeah. Well, um, I'm intent on doing Afcon 2027 in Tanzania, Uganda, and Kenya. Yeah, uh, it's been a bucket list to do an Afcon, and I feel like that's the one, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, anyone's welcome to come along by all means. Uh, yeah, like, who knows? Should, Wales should, might qualify for it somehow. I should probably get myself to Uganda eventually because yeah, I've had Uganda shirts. I'm, <laughs> <all that. laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure the uh, Copper America um, have two. Invitational, yeah, they do. They do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually the USA and Mexico, and then sometimes yeah. and Qatar have had it a lot recently, haven't they? For I don't know yeah. why, I don't know what, what could possibly, yeah, what could, be the reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. what could they have to offer? Yeah, 
Well, you never know. The tectonic plates might shift. We might become part of the African landmass at some point and, uh, you know, have to change. Stranger things. Maybe we'll be playing behind the ice wall by then. Yeah. 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 Whatever happened to old Nick Buckner? Still got him on notifications on Twitter. One day. In September. (laughs) He's gone beyond the ice wall. He's never come back. Troubling, troubling. If uh, if he ever does tweet again, that's the prime use for that photo of Ian Wright, isn't it? You know, when he's yeah. like, I thought you were dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Paul Burns asking another uh, important question. Uh, you are playing a game of paper, scissors, stone. I'd call it rock, paper, scissors, personally. <laughs> yeah, um, <what> but uh, <laughs> what what is your normal opening move, Kaus? You have a, uh, a tactic when it comes <laughs> to... Uh, Rock paper scissors or paper scissors stone? I'd rather I'd rather not give my uh, my tactical prowess <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah, never know where it Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think I'll probably go for rock first more than anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm a scissors man. If uh, that counts for anything, a sister. Yeah. <laughs> Rod, stay in uh, quiet. <laughs> No, I, I'm a childish as fuck, so I'd say nuclear bomb or something, wouldn't I? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah but, Machine I mean, I mean, <laughs> Famously, uh, you know, scissors beats nuclear bombs, so that'd be no good. Yeah, yeah when well, you yeah. can snip the wire, can you? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, dear. Uh, another important question tonight from uh, Liam Geraghty. He says, uh, what's your favourite letter of the alphabet? Fucking out. Is, is he still on that train back from Shrewsbury on the piers? <laughs> Christ. Got some strong painkillers or something, but it sounds like questions. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to go with an R. You know, first letter of my name, strong yeah. letter in it, R. Urgh. Yeah. X can, was alright until Musk ruined it a bit. The X was always quite exciting to see the yeah. end. <laughs> <laughs> can we. Uh... Can we include Welsh letters? Reason yeah, being, by all means, uh, yeah. Because uh, I, you know, I well, I told um, the cameraman man in blazers that you know I was working with in Canadvon, we're talking about Welsh language and stuff like that. And when I told him that Welsh has letters like and stuff yeah. like that, uh, it absolutely blew his mind. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna go for either. Or, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. It's go, great in it? that case. I'll go for. Mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like Cardiff's uh, Cardiff's uh, defender Perry Ung. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite oh. part of uh, when we had to recite the Welsh alphabet in primary school, and uh, that would be my favorite part. Just yeah. go full on, yeah, <laughs> act the twat kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I always used to remember doing the uh, uh, <laughs> the the letter the alphabet in German, and uh, six or sex would always get a giggle. Still would. Yeah. Still would. Yeah. Yeah. Nine? Uh, no, that's no that is German. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's nine in German then? I think it's nine. No, no, it might be Nerf, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine is just no. Nerf is French, isn't it? Oh, I don't Nerf know. is French. Eight. Ein, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, acht, neun. It's nine. There we are. My GCSE in German coming in handy there. <laughs> oh by the by the way, I've just googled I've Googled Nerf and uh, it says here. Uh, that they make, um, they're the makers of the Super Soaker 5000. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> um, yeah. Right then, uh, let's finish off this shambles with uh, the only way we know how. Um, and that is Boosh himself. Here he is. Yeah.
Read some Kerouac and it put me on the tracks to burn a little brighter now. Something about Roman candles fizzing out. Sang Marillion in a wistful way. Scented candles are quite the thing. You're making a new candle. What would be your signature fragrance? And he suggests uh, deep heat and bovril. Um, what would be your uh, signature fragrance? Garlic mayo and chili sauce. There's Rodri with his. Oh, cap. absolutely, mate. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Waft that in through the windows. Yes. <laughs> no, I, um, I went to I went to one of my mates' houses uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, oh, I went to my mate's house. Yeah, he hasn't got more than one house. So I'm not mates <laughs> like that. But um, yeah, and and he had all these scented candles all around, and he like he lives on his own. I was like. I don't know. It's just fair play to you, mate. It's just a bit of an eye opener. You know, you, you think you know someone. Yeah, um, part of but, your um, health yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. I was thinking, Christ. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not into stuff like that. I'm a very, very basic man, Ray. You know that. So um, I do. Yeah, I probably sit this one out. <laughs> I reckon. Uh, <laughs> of all the things to finally sit on the fence about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I'd, I'd tell you what it is. Boosh, who works for a supermarket that shall remain unnamed in the Llandidno area, um, he uh, he's just trying to flog their new, their new bloody brand of uh, scented yeah. candles or something. <laughs> this is what yeah. his plan is. Deep heat, mind. That would, I, I don't mind the smell of deep heat. It it's like a nostalgia sting, smell. <laughs> what if you're burning deep heat? Your eyes. Well, like, uh, yeah, yeah, fucking that would be like, oh, Christ. Tough on the old corneas. <laughs> <laughs> My corneas are fucked. They're long gone. If someone had a deep heat scented candle, I would describe that as a wanky candle. Right then, Ron, what are, what are you burning at the moment? <clears throat> I've got some Christmas one on because I, I nice. I'm a fan of the I'm a fan of the candles. The cheap ones you get in home bargains. They, are they good. burn for like ninety hours or something. Yeah, and they're quite pungent. So I think it's apple and apple winter spice or some bullshit. Whoa. I've got sounds but like a nice was, uh, Copperberg. Yeah, don't get me started. I'm started trying to stay off the drink for a few weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> um, if I was going to make my own though, I know like tool shed or burn. WD forty, WD forty, and sawdust. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've, I've had a few nice, like, like, uh, like wood ones, like burning, like smell of burning wood, because I do like that. And tobacco yeah. as well. Don't mind a a nice smell of tobacco, like forest fire. Yeah, forest fire or uh, yeah. oil, oil leak, oil slip fire. I don't know. Yeah, like the um, Sea Empress uh, oil slick disaster. Get that in in a candle form. Um, yeah, yeah, that type of thing. Uh, I can only think of bad ones now, like yeah. inside of a shin pad. Sondico, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Sondico candles. Yeah, yeah, some horrible smells. That's all I'm thinking of. But yeah, good question. I've pushed back on yeah, form. There, back on form. Yeah, finally got yeah, something well out done. of us. Uh, right, it's been horrible few months of Bush. With the- Inside of an old Royce goalie glove. Oh, right. Remember that when, I remember when you used to borrow the goalkeeper gloves in school. Or another example is like cricket, when you didn't have your own cricket gloves and you borrow the one from the kit bag. Yeah. And they fucking hum. Bibs that have gone in a bag that haven't been washed. Stale oh, sweat and 
Oh, right, hell. that's enough for tonight. We need to we need to stop now before I throw up. Um, <laughs> right, uh, that's it from us. Uh, a reminder that uh, we have a charity match on the weekend. Uh, we uh, we'll be taking on uh, Matthew Collins. Um, uh, Matthew Collins eleven. Uh, Matthew is uh, a lad, a friend of ours who uh, uh, has a incurable form of brain cancer, but there is a vaccine that can extend his life for a number of years. Uh, so we're going to be uh, playing to raise money in aid of that. If you haven't already, you can donate uh, on the link. You're more than welcome to come come on down and join us in Penadaran Park in Merthyr uh, on Sunday afternoon. All the details will be on our social media. I think we've got a few big names coming down the likes of uh angel rangel uh laura McAllister, uh, and tommy Kaus. so uh i even think agent phillips is getting his boots on rodri will be in work uh but uh yeah. there we are it'll be a uh it'll be a, a good day uh nonetheless uh Kaus, you're picking our closing track tonight what is it and do you have any closing statements Right, so I'm going to go for a double-pronged uh, one now. Um, I'm going to go for, uh, obviously, Wrexham playing Newport on the weekend. And uh, sorry to upset my Colwyn Bay friends, of which I have many, but I'm going to go for the Fresh, fresh Prince of Pontypridd by nice. GLC. Um, Very good. Because of Ponty's uh, big win, uh, which I think was probably the, the biggest win in the uh, in the league on the weekend. So, uh, so yeah, apart from Canavan, of course. But... Um, yeah, fair play to them. Uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to a nice little trip to New, Newport on um, on Saturday and then Merthyr on Sunday. So yeah, it's an entertaining weekend ahead and um, I'm sure it will do my liver the power of good. Yes, uh, no doubt. And uh, you'll it'll only set you up nicely for uh, a Sunday afternoon kick around um, in Merthyr. Uh, just to say, cows, the Fresh Prince of Pontypridd is by a guy called Daniel Heyman. Not Goldie Looking Chain. Yeah, they did Cumbran. Cumbran is, yeah. GLC. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. it. Well, there you are. Do you want the Ponty one <laughs> or the Cumbran one? One or the other. <laughs> there you go. I got go with, no, well, no, Cumbran wouldn't make any sense. No. Unless, we, unless, we'd, be, unless we'd have been speaking about, um, yeah, the uh, the last days. Glory of, days uh, of the League of Wales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, we'll go, we'll go for Ponzi. We'll stick with that, and uh, yeah, fucking just disregard everything else I've said. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rod, any uh, closing statements from you? Any trucking advice, etc.? No, I just uh, get as I can make it Sunday. Um, work, obviously. Uh, I just work weekends now, by the looks of my fucking schedule. Um, so yeah, all the best. Uh, have a good one, boys, and uh, give give. Bring bring the fucking trophy or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebratory pipe glass of back home for the uh, Alt Wales boys. And uh, in terms of trucking advice, I'm a bit slow on the trucking advice this week. Um, I was hoping I could pick a track because I I listened to a track called Highwayman, and that seemed very apt on the way home today. So. Uh, Save that for another week. Though. Yeah, yeah. Any any, uh, any advice on what you know? Because some of these truckers now they they're spending you know they're spending weeks in their trucks at times, and you know maybe maybe a nice yeah. scented candle would would go down well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scented candles, good option. Obviously, careful, very careful, mm. fire safety, all that. Um, I got advice to drivers actually. If you see a truck having a rest in the lay-by, yeah, uh, dip your headlights. Like, come on. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Good advice yeah. as always, Rod. Good advice as always. Uh, thank you both, as usual. Uh, reminder to buy uh, the magazine and keep listening to this wonderful podcast and donate um, to Matthew's um, Matthew's uh, fundraising uh, for his vaccine. Uh, all the details are on our Twitter and in the description of the podcast. Jochen Vaud, uh, we'll be back next week uh, with more of the same. Now this is a story about a sunny town in Wales Where all the toppers white think they're tough as nails But this is going to take a while So just grab what you need While I take you through an audible journey of Pontypris Yeah, down in the valley, past Triavid and Porth Not too far from Trafalgar